Welcome to the Circle of Birth podcast. I'm your host and advocate, Ali Kranz. These podcasts are here to gather stories, people and information to better our understanding of the wisdom of birth and how we can reclaim our connections to birth from conception and beyond. You will hear stories not only from Australia but from all over the world, bringing together women, partners, midwives, doulas and all the people that have a birth story to share. So jump right in for this next Circle of Birth story. Welcome to episode 27. I have been in a very big transition myself with moving house, schools, engaging with a new community of village folk and I also have a new chair that I found hidden in a pile of furniture at our local op shop. So I'm ready, I'm set for this new year and I'm ready to get back into sharing these transformative stories. Stay tuned as I've finally got a dad story coming up soon within this next month and I really want fathers to find a space to listen to these stories of birth and have some man-to-man moments. So today's episode again is just transforming for this woman. We have Gwen Knight and she's sharing her beautiful three births from what she described as being a fast food junkie and a bit of an emotional eater and finding that she was suffering in her first pregnancy with severe headaches and weight gain. Her story develops and she looks more and more to the world of clean living and goes on to have some super babies and super birth experiences. Other women that may be facing hidden issues in their health and lifestyle and how by having an inspiring mentor and in your life can change your health, especially in pregnancy. So great story and a great woman. Enjoy. Hi, Gwen. Thank you so much for joining the Circle of Birth podcast and coming in to share your birth stories. I'm very honoured to have you and um, I'm looking forward to kicking in. You've got three birth stories that you're going to share with us and a big transformative journey. So uh, we'll get started. And if you'd like to introduce yourself and then we can talk about your pregnancy with your first. Hi, I'm Gwen. And I, um, I live in Oregon in the USA and I've had an incredible journey. Um, when, when I discovered how unhealthy I was and, um, it's, it's been a long process and I've had a lot of help on my journey. Um, and I'm so excited to be here and, um, to share with you. Great. And so do you want to tell us about your first pregnancy and leading into the birth and how that was for you? Okay. So my first pregnancy um, was about six years ago or almost seven now. Um, And I immediately, as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I, I immediately started having headaches every single day. I had headaches Um, I had morning sickness, I had all sorts of pains, and I gained a lot of weight. So I gained at at least 60 pounds. I was almost 200 pounds, and I've never been overweight. Um, I've always been underweight, but my body was doing something very different (laughs) while I was pregnant. And um, so I I gained a lot of weight, and I was miserable. I was actually going to school um, at University of Washington, um, I was in the pre-med physiology program and, um, I, I, I almost like couldn't participate, um, in school anymore because I was just so ill all the time. And like I said, the headaches, I mean, they were just, nobody could really describe them or explain what was happening. Um, the doctors just gave me Vicodin, um, which made me feel really bad, um, physically. And, you know, I was like, is this okay for my baby? And I just started to ask a lot of questions. Um, and I actually started seeking and looking for a midwife. Um, and I, I, I wasn't able to find one in time. Um, and, and during this time that I was actually, before I got pregnant, I planned a trip to go to Kenya on a global health project. And we were going to, um, four different rural villages where we, um, got to even, even assist in births and, and encourage the women to come into the hospitals and have their babies. Um, and I just thought, you know, all of these, these poor villages need medicine, they need healthcare, they need, they need us. And so, 
Um, but it was a really huge eye-opening experience because what I realized was that they were so connected with the earth and with their surroundings. They knew every single herb and plant that was growing and its medicinal benefits. And they were so healthy, like overall. And so it got me thinking like, what am I doing here? Why am I like, I'm here to bring them health, but you know, in comparison to like where the way people are in the USA, I, it was just a huge, huge wake up call for me. Um, and so I, I came back to, I came back home. I was, I was in Kenya for a couple months. Um, and I really started to seek more and more. Um, and that, and I, I wanted to have a natural birth and I wanted to, um, I, I didn't want any interventions and I even wrote a birth plan, but when it came time to actually, um, have the baby that kind of went out the window. I mean, I was in so much pain. I had my, my labor in total was 42 hours. Um, I had, it was excruciatingly painful. Even they, they gave me shots of morphine. They gave me an epidural, but it was still really painful. Um, and I didn't know anything about the baby's positioning. I just thought head down with great, you know, the baby's that's what it's supposed to be. I didn't know that the baby was supposed to be face down as well. Um, you know, the baby was face up, but, but head down. And so that caused, um, a really difficult labor. And, um, so after a really long time, um, I had an epidural and, um, I was still in pain with the epidural. And then I was able to sleep finally. Cause it had been like like 30 hours. And, um, but while I was sleeping, they gave me Pitocin, which really kicked the labor back into gear. Um, and then it, it made the pain so, so intense. And, um, and then towards the end, Riley, my daughter, finally, she flipped around really fast and she like, she dropped down really low and she transitioned so fast and like her heart rate started to drop and you could tell like everybody in the room was starting to panic. Like it was just so scary. Like they're like, Oh no, too fast. Ease off the Pitocin, you know, like they're like, uh Oh. And so, and then she came really fast after that. Um, but she was really distressed and they were like, we have to get her out or, or we're going into C-section. And so it was really scary and really traumatic for me. And like, she was born and she was like totally blue and which was really scary. Um, but I was just so exhausted and so out of it and just totally like, just kind of a, almost like a victim, you know, I was like, just put on this pipeline and just kind of push through it. Um, even though I was at a really good hospital and there was like a little nursery in the room, it was a Swedish hospital in Seattle. And I mean, so the hospital was really great, but, um, just, and, and they encouraged breastfeeding and, and, the, the natural birthing process and stuff, but still, um, I wasn't able to, to stick with, with my plan, um, at all. Mm. And how did um, you find the emotional side of things? I, I just understand that you probably mm-hmm. feel very disconnected and tired and, um, right. did you, yeah. yeah, describe how that went for right. you after that. So I felt like totally powerless and kind of just like, almost like worthless. Like I can't even do anything. Um, I can't birth my baby. I can't even, I can't even, you know, I can't get up. I can't even carry around. I was, I was paralyzed, you know, from the waist down. Um, and I still have issues in my backside where they gave me shots of morphine. It's just like this weird, this weird nerve damage problem almost. Um, and so, so yeah, I definitely, I felt really, I, I had post, um, part of depression and I, I had a hard time kind of coming out of it and, and really connecting with my daughter. And then I also had issues, um, breastfeeding, um, and, and like milk supply issues pretty much my entire, the entire time I was nursing actually. Um, so, um, I just felt, like I said, exhausted and, and, powerless yeah and so after that uh like you said you had a bit of postpartum difficulty and Mm -hmm. you got pregnant again not long um 
So after, after about 14 months of nursing, I had a lot of pressure from my family to, um, get my, to wean my daughter and to put her on cow's milk. And I was only like barely starting to learn about nutrition. Um, I wanted to, I, I knew as soon as I had my daughter, I knew I wanted to eat healthy and I had started to, to learn. And I mean, I was studying physiology, wanting to go to medical school. And so I just, I kept thinking like, what are we doing here? Why are we studying? Why are we doing all this research if we're not using it to like better our health? Like, shouldn't we be using this research to make ourselves faster, stronger, um, you know, more efficient, just like these superhumans. And, um, so I was searching and searching, but there was so much conflicting information that I, I didn't get really anywhere. Um, and so I, at about 14 months, I had a lot of pressure and although I didn't really feel right about it and my daughter, it was like really traumatic for her. Um, I weaned, it was like really forcefully weaning, like, no, you can't like just, she, I mean, she was just totally, totally, um, upset and would, would get, get this irate and, um, ask for milk. And I would just say, no, here's your cow milk, you know? Um, and so, but then right after I weaned, um, I, I, I was able to get pregnant again. I wasn't ovulating the whole time I was breastfeeding. Um, and then, so right after I weaned, I got pregnant with my second. Um, and I had moved from Washington to Oregon and graduated, Um, and so I was in a smaller town in Oregon and, um, in a new place. Well, it was actually where I grew up in Roseburg, Oregon. And, um, so I got pregnant with Ezra and I was connected with some people who were really involved, um, in like the home, um, birthing and midwife community. And so I, I got connected to with a midwife that was really, really knowledgeable. I think, um, my birth, my first one that she assisted with was her 450th birth or something like that. So she wasn't even certified, but, but it wasn't, it's not required in Oregon to be um, a certified midwife. She just had lots of experience and, um, and she taught me everything that I needed to know. Um, she was still more mainstream, like on, in the nutrition aspect of things. And so I was still kind of confused about that part and searching on my own. Um, but, but she taught me all about, um, you know, my posture and, and positioning and like exercises that I could do. And, um, about, she told me about spinningbabies.com and she, um, she talked to me about just every piece of it and, and spent hours with me teaching me. It seems like all the things that I should have learned from my mother or something, I don't know, but, um, so did you find Gwen that, um, you had to sort of heal a bit from your first experience during this pregnancy? Um, even talk about it or, um, did she sort of talk about it with you? Yes. Yes. She actually, she actually empowered me the way that she talked about it. She really empowered me because she was, she was saying, you know, considering that your first baby was, um, you know, face up and that long of a labor and you're in a hospital. She's, she said that most women in that position would have had a C-section. And so she said, um, you know, she really empowered me. And she said like that, that, the fact that I didn't have a C-section and I was, I, you know, I was strong enough to get through all of that, um, and, and actually have the baby naturally like that, that was so helpful to me. Um, and, and I was, I was a little bit fearful, but she did, she did coach me through it. And it wasn't like I had like, see, from my perspective, when I was in, when I had my first daughter, I didn't see it as like, a horrible thing, you know, like there was looking back on it and comparing the two. Um, it, it looks really, I mean, it's, it's night and day for me, but in the moment, I just thought that that's what, you know, I just thought that was normal. Um, and so it wasn't like something that I was like haunted by. I just thought that that was normal, but, um, I, I, I was, I was afraid. Um, and I had doubts, you know, like what if this or that happens? Um, but she just really 
like continued to reassure me and continued to just be like, just to be present and calm and, and, and it's very still. And that really helped to bring peace, um, to, to my mind. Um, and, um, it was, it was a really, really awesome experience. And I just, I see her as such a good friend now. Um, and I just, I thank her so much for everything that she taught me. And I tried to share with everybody that I can about all the things that she taught me because nobody in the hospital told me about so many of the things that I learned from my midwife. So, um, it was definitely a, a very different experience and much less intervention as well. Like with my first daughter, they wanted to have like ultrasound. They did ultrasound almost every month. They were worried about her being too small. They didn't even really tell me about nutrition. Um, and then with my second, I mean, I didn't have any ultrasounds at all. And, um, and I felt totally great about that. I realized like there's no need to have that. And it's just going to, it's going to do, you know, maybe cause more problems than it's going to help. So, so why even do that? It's definitely lifelong lessons that you get from that experience, um, having that support Mm -hmm. there. And uh, I know with my midwife, I just love her. And I always think so warmly of her and tell people about her all the time. And she's taught me some real strong lessons in life and in my transformation. So yeah, what a beautiful, uh, journey to have this time around and that connection that you've made right yeah and so with the nutrition you started looking into nutrition and knowing that you know you needed more with this pregnancy how did that go mm-hmm. how did, what sort of resources did you find and how, how did you feel this pregnancy and leading into labor so I had when, when my daughter was about a year old, uh, my husband was in like a cycling accident. And so I had, I needed some help at home and I had a nanny who came and helped me, um, while I was going to school and finishing up my degree. And she, one day she just brought me over all this food and she said, I don't need this anymore. I'm going on this, um, you know, I'm changing my lifestyle. I'm going to start eating raw. And I was like, what, what does that mean? I had no idea what she was talking about. And, um, and I was, I was thinking all these foods you brought me, they're so healthy, you know, like yogurt and like free range eggs and all this stuff. And I was like, but the, I would consider these things like so clean and healthy. I don't understand. So she started to talk, talk to me about it. And then I just started reading book after book after book, um, everything I could get my hands on about the raw food diet. And, and unfortunately at first I, I didn't do it right. Um, I just kind of like, um, replaced all of my, all my life I've been a, I've been a junk food addict. So fast food, junk food, I comforted myself with, with food like cereal and pizza, frozen pizzas and French fries. I just kind of like prepared my own food, whatever my parents could put in the freezer and that we could make ourselves as kids. Um, and so what happened was when I first learned about like the raw or vegan lifestyle, I just replaced all of my junk food cravings with all this like really heavy, dense, like nuts and dates and all these combinations and like tons of like carrots and raw vegetables that were really rough. And I had IBS and like other digestive problems. And so at first, like I just totally like messed up my system even more by eating tons of raw stuff, especially tons of nuts. And, um, and so I did go raw and eat that way for a couple of months after I learned about it. Um, but then I had to, I had to have colonics and all sorts of other things. And they said, you know, you need to go back to eating cooked foods. And I, and so I just kind of like gave up on that for, for then. But I knew after I had started reading and researching and learning about it, I understood the science behind it. And I, like, I believed in the raw diet. I just didn't understand why it wasn't working for me really. Um, So during my second pregnancy, I had increased my amount of, of raw foods dramatically, even though I was having, still having some digestive problems on and off. Um, I was juicing, making raw smoothies, um, and just starting to get like a a ton more plant-based foods, like nutrients in me. Um, and 
I didn't have any of the headaches. I didn't have morning sickness really. Um, there was a, there was a few times where I felt, you know, like the detox nausea feeling, but it was, it was so much different. I didn't gain weight. I rode my bike ever. We didn't even have cars. We went everywhere by bicycle. Um, and I, I still felt, I still felt so much better, um, than with my first. And, um, so I, I, I continue to just search and eat like a whole foods, um, um, diet, but I was still consuming like animal products and, um, some raw milk and like, um, wild game meat, like deer and elk and stuff like that. Is that, is that easily accessible? Like to buy organic where you are and, um, you know, ethically sourced meat and that type of thing? Is it hard to get? Um, it's not hard to get. So actually when we moved to Oregon, we started a business where we um, created a multi-farm CSA. So we went out and found every single clean, organic or biodynamic farmer and, and connected them all together to create like a CSA, like a membership. Um, and so for me, it wasn't hard cause I, they're all like my friends at that point. Um, and so we were eating some of the, the, the best local, most nutritious foods that we could find and also growing our own. Um, but, and then the, the wild game was actually something that my grandfather's a hunter and I have other family members that are hunters and, and they fish. Um, so they, they would just give us meat as, um, as we needed it. Um, and so that's how I access that. But as you can find some stuff in the grocery stores, but I don't think that it's necessarily as good as getting it from your local farmer. So going in, so you felt good in this pregnancy. You, you had this beautiful rapport with your midwife. Uh, how, when did you go into labor and how was this experience for you? Take us through that. Okay. So I was doing a lot of exercises because I was really worried because the, because the baby was still face up, just like Riley, whatever, like the way that my uterus was shaped or just my bad posture. Like she said, lounging, you know, like, and she didn't really tell me too much about it until like more towards the end. And I was like, I've been lounging on my back all my, you know, like my, my whole pregnancy. Um, and I didn't know that that was so bad, you know, sitting on couches or just, or even just like slumping in a chair, like bad posture, you know, we're supposed to be like forward so that the baby's heavy part, the gravity helps the baby spin around. So I was doing exercises and like literally two days before, before delivery, I was doing one where I was like on my hands and knees and I felt the baby spin around and I, it was just amazing. And I, and I remember thinking, wow, this is so awesome that, that, um, the baby has turned and I was already getting, starting to feel some contractions and starting to feel pressure on my back, like on my, on my lower back because the, the baby's, the back of the baby's head was pushing against it. But then as soon as the baby turned around, none of that back, like all that back pain and that, like what they call back labor went away. Um, and so that was so, so great to have that happen. Um, and I just continued to do exercises and the, and the contractions just kind of increased more and more and more and more and more. It was never a point where I was like all of a sudden in labor. Um, it just kind of got more intense and more intense and more intense. And, um, and then I got to the point where it was, um, you know, pretty painful, like pretty intense. Um, and then I called my midwife and she came, I had already set up, um, a big tub in my dining room to, to give birth in. And, um, so I, I was in labor for about, I want to say about four hours, um, with only like maybe like half an hour of really intensity. Um, um, and then I got into the water, um, which kind of, it was warm water and it kind of slowed things down a little bit, but it really, really helped like take all the pressure off. And I was able to just kind of like float and, and relax so much. And she taught me how 
to relax through the contractions and let my body just like open up versus like, you know, tensing up through the contractions. And the water really helped me with that because I could literally just float in the, in between contractions and just like focus on deep relaxation and just like totally being relaxed as the contractions came like more and more and more and more intense. Um, and I, I think it was about six and a half hours and, um, I started feeling like a really strong urge to push and like two pushes in my water broke. And then the next push he was born. So, um, it was, it was really, it, the really, really intense part like happened really fast and, and he came really fast. I didn't tear. Um, I, I remember having, even during, like before he was born in, in between contractions, I felt like this euphoria, like I never felt before. Like it felt so amazing just floating in the water. Like I felt like I was like just floating, you know, like on clouds. Like, I mean, it was just the most amazing feeling I've ever experienced in my entire life. And I've never felt it except for during, um, during this labor or, and, and then my last child as well. Um, and so, and then when he was born, it was just this rush of all these, like, almost like love feelings and just this bond. And like, I just remember feeling so empowered. Like I just, like, I just birthed you and, and, and like looking at him and, you know, I didn't know if he was a boy or a girl and he, he was a boy, which was really special too, because there was no boy, like I had no brothers and there was no boys. He was the first, um, grandson. So it was really, really special. And we had like quite an amazing, um, connection and, and even the people that were there, they were blown away. Like some of my friends that were there and they were a little bit afraid of like seeing like a home birth and stuff. But, and my mom was totally, she was so afraid. Um, but I just had to like, let that all that go. And my midwife was like, you know, remained present and not all in her mind, like some of the other people. Um, and and it really helped me to focus. And she not only like, she never checked how dilated I was or like, you know, really did anything invasive. Like it was almost like she wasn't there, but she was there, um, as much as I needed her. Like a presence without a presence. (laughs) Right. Like I never, (laughs) right. I never noticed really her, you know, the fetal monitoring, which in the hospital, they like strapped it to me, which was so uncomfortable. Like, so uncomfortable and it, and it was painful. Um, but I mean, she just had like a little Doppler and, and as she could worked around me, you know, she never had me really do anything. Like it was all, I was in control of everything. Like she wasn't putting me through a pipeline or anything like that. It was just like, and then she could tell where I was at in my labor just by looking at me. Um, you know, and I kept saying like, don't you want to check how dilated I am? And she was like, no, you're about, you're about here. You're about there. You know, she was just so experienced that she knew that she didn't have to like put her fingers and like actually check, um, which I thought was really incredible. (laughs) So, um, Wow. Yeah, and, it, was, it was really awesome. And how did everyone react? So how many people did you have in the birth room with you? In- um, I had – it was in my home and it, um, I was like just out in, you know, out in the middle. It was my like dining room, so it was like out in the middle of the house. Um, and let's see how many people were there. There were two friends – there was my mom and my husband, and then I had a midwife and her assistant. So six. Um, and then my dad and my, my two-year-old daughter, um, was just, was just outside waiting and they came in and the very first thing that my daughter said, and she's only two, she, she was like, Oh baby, he's so tough. Oh. <laughs> and she was right. He is a tough boy. I just, yeah. I'm just really surprised that she knew like right when he was born, she looked at him and she was like, he's a tough one. <laughs> so it was really sweet. And, and, um, my mom was afraid that we were, I was going to scare her. Um, and she, my daughter and my mom, you know, but they, 
they were really, um, they were really empowered as well. Like they just didn't realize that it could go so well. And I actually videotaped it and I've shown some other people, um, and, and watching it, you know, like it's really cool. Like it's just a natural process and it just happens so easily. And, um, and you just kind of have to let it happen instead of like, you know, our minds can prevent things, you know, if we have anxiety or fear or whatever. I, I worked with, uh, or, I, or I assisted in a birth in Kenya with a woman who, who was in that state. And she was, she thought she was dying and she, she was so afraid and she, her, her body literally just kind of shut down and they had to like, they didn't do a cesarean, but they like, they cut and pushed on top of her belly. Like it was, ugh, it was very traumatic for her. I mean, because her, her mindset was just totally in the wrong place and she just, her body started to shut down. So like the opposite of that is, you know, being empowered and just knowing that your body is doing everything that it should be doing and just embracing that, um, and not being afraid because we're, we're made to birth babies. (laughs) You know, it's not, it's not some like crazy thing that we need medical intervention for. So yeah. And that would be very healing for your mum too. And mm-hmm. what a beautiful thing to have those generations, your daughter, yourself, and then mm-hmm. your mum, all at that, that birth experience. That would have been really quite healing and transformative and especially for your friends too. Were they, uh, did they have children themselves? Yes. Yeah. So my friend Jamie, she has three herself and she has, she's had them all in the hospital but she's done them all naturally she was kind of afraid of the home birth thing too. Um, but she, she really enjoyed the, have, seeing it at home and in water because the, the water thing also scares people. Um, I'm not really sure why maybe they think the baby's going to drown. I'm not sure, but, mm-hmm. I think um, that is the main thing. People think <laughs> that the baby, they, they always say like when it comes out into water, um, that they think, that it, yeah, that it's going to drown straight away. <laughs> right, right. Well, and and actually, Ezra's head, like his head, head was born, and then I waited for the next contraction. So he was underwater for like, you know, a minute or so, and there were, you know, nothing, nothing was wrong with him at all. Like that's that's totally fine because he's in water, <laughs> you yeah. know. So. <laughs> Um, and did you get to have a look while you're waiting for that next contraction at his head before he? Uh huh. Yeah. And how was yes. that? Yes. Um, I I remember just thinking. Um, <laughs> I, I remember think thinking. And I, even, I think I even said it out loud, like. Is he is he going to be born yet? Like, I'm just kind of getting a little bit like, there he is, and now yeah. you know, can I grab him? She's just like, just wait, just relax, you know. Like, yeah. I was just really excited um, about the whole thing, and like, it was just so new to me because, although in the hospital, like, I requested to have a mirror because I wanted to be able to see. Like, I was on my back, you know, with my feet in the stirrups, and it wasn't like I had any control over what was happening because I was paralyzed. Um, and so I was really, I was just excited, like the feelings and everything. I was just like, Oh, I can't even describe it. Like you just have to be a woman and have to have a baby to understand what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so you got pregnant with Vincent uh, mm-hmm. next, and I would say your journey with your health and nutrition probably became better. So do you want to talk mm-hmm. about uh, your, just your pregnancy and then the birth of Vincent. Okay. So with my pregnancy with Vincent, it was even, it was even better. I mean, I didn't even think it could be better, but it was even better. I didn't have like any of the fatigue or, or the issues that I was having, um, when I was riding my bike. Um, I had to stop riding my bike at about like, I want to say like, eight or nine months with, um, Ezra, my second, but my third, I was riding my bike like right up until the end. Um, and the difference was that I started, started hydrating, um, and not just with water. I mean, my husband for years is like, drink water, drink water, you know, and I just, I never really liked drinking water. 
Um, but what I found, how I, how I found it, found high, sorry, how I was able to hydrate was through eating lots of fresh fruits and vegetables with like loads of water, you know, like juicy fruits and, um, and juices and smoothies and things like that. So I, I had lots of like tingling fingers and like, um, blood, uh, pressure issues, not being like, I would, I would get lightheaded a lot. Um, and so when I started eating a lot more raw fruits and vegetables, I found that, and I also cut, started to eliminate, um, the animal products. And I, I didn't have so much, um, digestive problems anymore. And, um, the IBS was gone and, um, and I, I felt just like I had so much more energy and just like more vibrance, even more so than the second one. Um, and then my, my labor and delivery, like I was so confident that I, that I almost felt like I could do this on my own. Um, and he came a little bit early, but like about a week early. And so I didn't have my, my tub prepared and all of that, but I just like, while I was in labor, you know, in between contractions, I just like scrubbed down my tub and filled it up and like got in. And, (laughs) and then my midwife showed up, um, a little while later. Um, and basically as soon as she got there, I felt comfortable enough to just relax my body and let him be born. So I was kind of like holding back a little bit, I think, because she wasn't there yet, but she got there and he was born like probably half an hour later. So that labor was like in total, maybe three hours. Um, and it was, I mean, it was just a breeze, like almost painless. Um, so, and I, and I, a huge part of that is, is that my digest, like my gut had, was healing or had been healed. Um, and so I, you know, like with Ezra, I still had some like constipation and, you know, I tried the raw food diet and I was not really like my digestion still wasn't really working very well, even though I had, um, cut out all the junk, you know, all the processed junk and like pizza and burgers and all of the sugar and just the junk food. I had cut all that out. And so I was doing better, but with a third, um, it was, I didn't have any like constipation or any, uh, digestive issues. And so it was almost like there wasn't anything like blocking, like physically, you know, like blocking him from being able to like have the room he needs to be born. Mm-hmm. So um, it's almost like you got your body just at the point where you just needed to fine tune and that was, that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and so that was, that was really good. And I, I healed really fast and I felt, I felt just, just as amazing. Um, even though I had, I had, um, the flu right before that. And I thought, and I had been coughing and stuff. And I thought that, oh, how could I have a baby while I had the flu? But I don't even remember even thinking about any of like the, the symptoms that I had because I just felt so amazing. Like all the endorphins and all of the the hormones or whatever that, that are released. I mean, it just made me feel so good and just put me in that mode where I'm like, I can do this, like that empowerment mode. So, um, it was, like I said, it was even better and I didn't even think it could get better after the second one. Um, but I've heard that people, you know, can have painless childbirths and, and it, 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 I, I feel like every single one, like I'm getting healthier and healthier as I continue on this journey. I've even changed my diet drastically since I had my third baby. Um, and I've totally solved all of my blood sugar problems and, um, not having any more digestive issues at all. And, um, migraines, I don't get migraines anymore. And even like herpes outbreaks and stuff like that, that I was suffering from, like all that stuff is gone since I switched to the low fat plant-based diet. Mm. 
much. It's amazing that correlation, just thinking back to you when you were studying and had that feeling that something wasn't right here and wondering Mm -hmm. why there was no direct focus on nutrition and gut health. Um, And then to where you are today, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. again, you, you had that feeling. So it must have meant something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I was really confused for a long time, even though I was in school and, and studied nutrition and studied all of these things. There's so much information out there that's conflicting. Um, so it wasn't until I found a mentor that could really, that, I, that my soul just really resonated with. And, and I, everything that he said, I was like, yes, 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 this is, this is what I believe too. And just nobody else, you know, everybody else is just thinks I'm crazy, but finally to find somebody that, that, um, agreed with the fact that I should be eating like low fat plant-based diet and, um, and to kind of help me fine tune it. And, and also, which this is huge, um, helping me overcome the emotional eating and the addiction that was a really, really hard thing for me because, like I said, since I was a little kid, I was just stuck on this stuff and I just comforted myself with food and um, I was just neglected emotionally. And so um, I created these like eating disorders or like these addictions. And so um, he helped me do this like shadow work or trauma work um, to help me really like clean out all of the stuck emotions that were being triggered. And then I would just like eat to kind of stuff the emotions back down and, and just like identifying that and becoming, I had this like spiritual awakening this year at the beginning of this year. Um, and, and he was really able to, to help me, um, just find myself and be true to who I am and do what I want to do and not what my mind and the, and the, the nonsense that in my mind is like making me do. So that's been, that's been really huge. And, and so, um, and that's why I've started helping people do the same thing. Um, because a lot of people know about healthy food or, or they know about what they want to eat. They even, a lot of them maybe want to eat a raw food diet, but not being able to stick to that or going back and forth is something that many people struggle with because of the addictions or the emotional aspect of it. When you start cleaning out your diet and you detox your body, you're also like cleaning out emotions and you're you're going through an emotional detox as well. Yeah, that's such a good point to uh, correlate that because we, we, I know myself that, you know, I've gone through a similar um, thing with my health journey and once the emotional triggers start coming out and actually sitting down and feeling with them and like said healing that trauma mm-hmm. um, uh, otherwise you know you're not consciously eating or you're not consciously doing what's right for your body and yeah it's so true that emotional side of thing really does need to 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 be healed and talked about and felt <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. I know myself, you know, using food as sort of my higher power in my past is, um, you know, something emotional will happen in my life and I'll go straight to food. Um, and mm-hmm. healing that, you know, it's such a big journey, uh, but a very important one. So do you want to just talk about what you do with your work? Um, what p- could people expect? Okay, so I now help others the same kind of way that my mentor helped me. Um, I, I help them end emotional eating, overcome food addictions so that they can heal naturally from disease. And and I, my focus is on the digestive disorders like I had, um, but, but some people have, have other issues as well. Um, and I also help people, um, reverse diabetes or, or balance their blood sugar naturally all with a low fat plant-based diet. I mean, it is, it's incredible when somebody changes their, their, their programming or their idea about what's good for them and actually embrace like a new lifestyle, healing can happen so fast. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of speed bumps or roadblocks even 
like the addictions or, or the, the stress or, or other things. Um, and so we help people step by step and address every single thing that could be, that could be an issue, um, from, you know, just believing that fruit's bad for you or, um, you know, just believing that you need tons of protein to be healthy or, um, or, or just having emotions that are come up and like people are really addicted to food. And I understand cause I was, and it's everywhere and it's totally socially accepted to be ex- addicted to, to these, um, substances that they're putting in our food. Um, and so I have a Facebook group, it's called raw freedom, ending emotional dependence on food. Um, and that is a support group to help. Um, that's like a free group to help people through this journey. But then I also have a seven week program that walks people step by step by step. Um, and we have a team of people that, that, that address the whole entire picture. So not only the physical body, but, um, the mind and healing the mind. And then also, um, the spiritual work and growing the soul, um, using meditation really, um, this year I, I learned meditation and, and it's been so powerful to, to, um, heal the mind and, and really just growing the soul and feeding the soul so that it can overcome the nonsense and the, the programming and the, um, the fears and the doubts and all of that of the mind. Um, and it's a process. It's not like something that's completely done for me. Um, it's, it's a lifelong journey. And I, I think, um, the people that have, that have been in my life that have helped point me in the right direction because I'm kind of stubborn and, um, I seem to like need to be told things many, many times, but I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that the universe continues to, to send me the truth because I really do seek truth. Ah, well said. I love the universal truth seekers. <laughs> uh, and that's what it's all about. It's that, the, the conscious reprogramming of, our, of ourselves, isn't it? And it's such, it's, it is a journey. It's a lifelong journey and it's our lifelong lessons. And it just sounds like really, really important work that you're doing there. And mm-hmm. do, you, do you have a website that people can go to or just the Facebook page? Yes, my website is gwenkinty.com, and that's G-W-E-N-N-K-I-N-T-Y-H-T-T.com. Great. I'll make sure I look. So the last name is um, Cherokee. <laughs> it says, it's got some silent letters on the end. <laughs> yeah, cool. But that's my website, and then there's a little bit of information there. And if you um, subscribe to my mailing list, I have a book coming out pretty soon. Um, it's called raw snacks to go. So it's, I used to have a raw snack company, um, which we didn't really talk about, but, um, when it was between, no, actually after I had all three. So after I had all three, like the very beginning when my, when my third baby was really young, I had a raw snack company and we made kale chips and apple chips and beet chips. And, um, but I decided that instead of just making products and putting them on the grocery store shelf and letting them get dusty and, you know, paying for packaging and all this stuff, I would start teaching people. So I started teaching people and then I wrote all these recipes down in a book and I'm going to give it away for free, um, for the first few days. So if you subscribe to my mailing list, then you will get the notification when it's free on Amazon for the first few days. Um, and then also if you, if you need someone to talk to, or, or if, you know, if there's someone that, that really is having a struggling changing their diet or, or they just don't know what they need to do to heal naturally, or they don't even believe maybe that they can heal naturally. You can, um, the work with me link on my website, you can book a free call, um, to talk with me and I can, and I'll, I spend like an hour, sometimes an hour and a half for free with each person, just delving into their issues and talking about what they can do to heal. Um, and, and then if, if they're right for the program, we'll offer them a position, uh, you know, a spot in the, in the program to, to walk them through step by step. 
And, um, I've been really, really happy with the results that my clients are getting. And, um, it's, it's life-changing for them and me because it's so empowering and, and I love to just share this message. And I used to try to push it on people like my family members or people that like my mom who has migraines and I really want her to follow my advice, but I just, I had to realize that there's so many people that are looking for the answers and that need my help. And so I kind of had to let go of that. So, um, yeah, if you're somebody that, that is passionate about healthy food and you have family members that you really, you know, they, they just got diagnosed with cancer or whatever, you, you know, you kind of just have to let that go and let them find their own way. Um, you can throw some little seeds of thought every once in a while, but pushing them really just breaks down relationships and, um, makes, makes you feel like, um, just not good. <laughs> so, um, that's something that I talk about in my book a little bit as well. And my, I've just signed mm-hmm. up to your website. It looks beautiful. So I'll make sure I link to that in the show notes. And um, Gwen, thank you so much for coming on and sharing these journeys. And especially uh, I just really enjoyed listening to that transformation um, with your own personal health journey and your body journey and how mm-hmm. that came into the birth. And I just love, I'm just looking at these gorgeous photos now of your children and um, yeah, and really looking forward to sharing this episode. So thank you so much for sharing. And is there anything that you wanted to say to those mamas out there? I guess the only thing that I would like to say is just be true to who you are. You know, don't be who people want you to be because Being true to your own desires is what's fueling the expansion of the universe, not what everybody else wants you to be or what the programming or the social conditioning or whatever. Um, You know, I grew up really just, I didn't fit in. I was always like, like this rebellious black sheep in my family. And I always felt like that was wrong and I was being bad or whatnot. But now I realize that it's because I, that's not who I was like, me as a soul, I didn't want all of the, all of the nonsense and the programming and stuff. And I just wanted to break free of that. So, um, yeah, be true, be true to who you are because that is going to make you happy and, um, you're going to find peace instead of pleasing other people. Beautifully said, spoken by the truth of the truth seeker. (laughs) Well done. Thank you so much, Gwen. Thank you. Did you connect with this episode? Then head over to our website, circleofbirth.com. There you'll find show notes, pictures, resources, and potentially connect with today's storyteller. Don't forget to sign up to be updated with new empowering episodes and content. Help the show grow by contributing a tip in the jar to make sure we can continue to better the podcast and connect more and more to the wisdom of birth and each other. Hey, and don't forget the iTunes rating. This has been another episode of the Birth Share Project. We breathe, we birth, we empower.